0: Jack, a jack, a jack Attack. Jack Attack. Well, hey, Stevie, I
1: guess you. Do you start, want to start the
0: show? You start the show. You want me to start the show? Yeah,
1: you're gonna spearhead this show. So you can look anywhere you really want to look. We got a 360 camera going. That camera and just
0: whatever. Yeah. Or just talk to these guys. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just talk to us and <laughs> record the whole thing. Okay,
2: let's do this. yeah
1: Kay. So Stevie, this this one's you, Stevie. I'm throwing grenades at both of you. I know. It, he does that a
0: lot. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Steve Andes here. We're here with the Thought Exchange. We got JB in the house, and Bailey. Uh, and my co-host over there. Hey, it's Cameron Barkey. How's it going? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, Jacqueline, we uh, brought you on the show. I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, actually, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are and wh- what we're going to talk about here today. <laughs>
2: you You're put me on the spot you there. You on that's, the spot, yeah? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how the grenades work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you call this the hot seat? You're yeah. in the hot seat. You're getting yeah. <laughs> rapid fire <laughs> questions thrown at you. Uh, yes. Uh, my name is Jacqueline Bailey. Um, Claimed fame is I sell real estate.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And um, yeah, I grew up here. Actually, I grew up in Saint Albert, in Kay. the bubble of Saint Albert.
0: Ooh, where? I this grew guy grew up in Saint Albert, St. Albert. Oh, Really?
1: Albert. Yeah. yeah. Albert I grew
2: up in Nor- up. Uh, f- I live in Northridge now. I grew up in Heritage Lakes.
1: Heritage Lakes. Oh, I was opposite of you. I grew up uh, Lacombe.
2: Oh, that's where my husband grew up. Hey. Lacombe. Where Leicester.
1: Leicester? <laughs> that's funny. I was in. Uh, well, he's obviously. You'd probably be watching this. I, don't I grew know. up on Lindbergh
2: Lindbergh, yeah, Lindbergh. great, oh, great Crescent. It is a great Crescent. Great Crescent, crescent. I legit, both the Great I, Crescent.
1: I legit miss it. I miss I mean, the bubble.
2: No, you do not. I, I do live a there. Bit.
0: It's it's interesting. I lived in I lived in Saint Albert for a little bit, and it's literally a decision to leave. Like it's nine o'clock. You're like, do I really want to go downtown? Do I really want to go somewhere? How oh yeah, am I you live there home? too. Yeah, I lived there for five years. You lived in Saint Albert? Like, yeah. Where? Where did I Aaron live? Erin Ridge. Erin Ridge. The new Erin Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Saint Albert, man. Yeah, man. The new Aaron Ridge, like you like past in, the fire no, station. Dude, in I was living there in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand. That's not Saint Albert. It's not, Saint Albert, Saint, Albert. That's not Saint,
1: Albert, that's Saint Albert. Doesn't count. No, yes, it like, is. No, that's not Saint Albert. Those are like those new little things that go up and.
2: What's that city called then?
1: I don't know. They're just phony. They're not real Saint Albert. He's, he's just trolling
0: me. I'm not trolling. That's <laughs> not Saint Albert, man. He's, he's not that count, He doesn't count in Saint Albert. <laughs> no, man.
2: As a current Saint Albert resident, I'm uh, very aware Erin Ridge is part of Saint Albert. It
1: is, but there's like, the, the, like that used to be
0: farmers' field. You don't. Know, <laughs> it's uh, right by. It is right by the farmers. Like the house that I was living in, literally outside the fence. I know. It fence, went right a, to a farm. It went to a farm, and now it's like the Costco and all that other stuff that's out there now. Yeah,
1: and that used to be a dirt road.
0: Yeah, it was a dirt road. Yeah, know. You
2: know what? St. Albert used to be a whole farm, farmer's field. I guess every
1: city on the planet used to be something like (laughs) that. Yeah, you know? (laughs) 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 I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Grew up in St. Albert.
2: Yeah, grew up in St. Albert. Still live in St. Albert. Mm -hmm. Moving into E-Town, though. Thank God. You're moving here? Yeah. Yeah. Westmount. Yeah, Westmount's sick,
1: yeah. Yep. Now, Now everyone knows where you live.
2: Yeah, I'm not telling my address <laughs> on here. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I grew up in a really big family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love this city. I don't love the colds. Love working here. Love traveling, you know.
0: So, how, okay, so you got into real estate. Yeah. So, um, from what I remember, you were working a shitload of jobs. I met you when you did your wedding. So, that's how I, yep. that's how I met you uh i met you in uh where was that silver silver tip silver in Can- tip in, yeah and uh, uh that's when i met you silver tip in in uh, canmore
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh when you were working when you for that wedding you were doing like 10 jobs yeah i remember you you said you had like 10 different jobs
2: <laughs> man i'm a workaholic so yeah. i always had like a million jobs um but i was working at kennedy architecture which is an architectural firm downtown yeah so we did like all the big towers downtown. I worked for, I was the EA for the, pr- for the principal. And then I was working at Cactus Club and my gosh, like any, anything I could do to, you know, swindle some cash. <laughs> I was doing it for the wedding to be honest yeah, yeah. with you. And then, um, but yeah, that's when I really fell in, in love with real estate was when I was working there. I and then that's kind of what segued me into my career today.
0: Well, the big thing is, is that like you, you really kind of went into entrepreneurship. Like that that's the kind of the the big thing that they kinda of see is like you really kind of took business by the cojones and just basically like ran with it. Yeah. And then just chose real estate to basically be in. Was it like did you have any real estate background before jumping in? Like what like how did mm. you fall in love with real estate? Like or was it just like how did like how does that how does someone all of a sudden become like saying, That's it, I'm gonna sell houses?
2: Yeah, I mean that's a really good question. I uh My school background is business and I majored in marketing and I thought I was going to go into sports marketing. I worked for the London Knights Hockey Club for two years and thought I would segue into that. And then my husband brought me back to this wonderful city, province. I was in... which
0: London? London, that's Ontario? Yeah, it's Ontario. How long were you out there for?
2: Oh, uh, two and a half years the WHL
0: Yeah. Uh, no, that's OHL. OHL? Until yeah, the yeah so the yeah. W, w,
2: yeah. WHL. So anyways. Or it's
0: CHL. CH, no, it's the CHL. No. The CHL.
1: It's pretty high. It's like a level below. No, no, no. The so the
0: CHL is the Canadian Hockey League and then the WHL, the Western Hockey League and then the OHL. OHL yeah. They're all yeah. part of the CHL. They're all CHL. part of the CHL
1: Canadian Hockey League. Yeah. 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 That's wild. That's cool.
2: Yeah. So it's like where everyone gets drafted to go play in the NHL. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, it's like that's high level. How did yeah. you end up in that? Just from your school, and marketing. Uh, and
2: yeah, just like networking, and uh, yeah, I got the job, and I applied. I think there was like 500 people that That's applied what I'm saying. for That's it.
1: That's a big time job to have.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Honestly, I learned a lot. I met a lot of co- really, really cool people. Um, traveled with the team. You know, some of those players I still call friends. You know, they work, they play for. Toronto or Philadelphia. A lot of them got drafted. Oh yeah, a lot of them got well like five of them got drafted. <laughs> that's a lot. The rest that's of still a them. lot, no
0: five NHLers, right?
2: Yeah. Um, but I mean that's not what it was about. It was about like the people aspect and the excitement and everything was different every single day and you know, come into work and you never knew what to expect and you know, you things would be like throw you curveballs and it's just like everything was so fun and it just didn't feel like a job.
0: But it it really takes over your life, though, though, because the schedule is kind of like you are now subject to their schedule all the time, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like you, You I didn't have, I didn't have a (laughs) life. My life was school and hockey. Um, But it was so fun and I really enjoyed it. And I think the part of it that I enjoyed the most was... Um, the fact that it was different every day. You didn't know what to expect. You know, you always had to pivot when things didn't go perfect and things like that. So it's a kind of very transferable with real estate. And um, I used to watch like trading spaces and like, you know, all those extreme home makeover shows when I was little, instead of watching like, TV shows. <laughs> so I always loved it. Um, my dad like built home, built homes, and so I always kind of, was always around me, and so I always loved interior design. I was like, oh, I'll be an interior designer. So I had all these ideas of what I wanted to do. But then when I came to real estate, everything kind of
0: came that full circle, together, sort of yeah.
2: Like. From like a marketing standpoint, from an entrepreneur, entrepreneur standpoint you could run your own schedule you know everything's different every single day you never know what to expect um it's challenging you know you you can there's no limit that's what i love about real estate too push yourself as hard as you want to go make as much money as you want to have um and it's all up to you so um i love that how there's no ceiling and um and i get to work with people every day like every single day i get to work with awesome people every day you know, help them find their forever home. And it's just like, it's a very rewarding career. So, I mean, I love what I do.
0: What do you think the most important part of, of like uh, that kind of a business is? Is it more like product knowledge or is it more like relationship and like uh, people skills?
2: Uh, I think it's a d- definitely a combination of both. Um, the relationship piece is key. It's number one, to develop that trust. So you know, if you do say something about the home or about the neighborhood or about the pricing or about anything, there's there's no uncertainty there yeah. because there's the relationship has been established. So relationships are key everywhere, but in Edmonton especially, relationships are like paramount. So it's all about referral, it's all about relationships, establishing strong relationships. Um, and making sure people trust you. And, you know, it's a, it's their biggest financial purchase they're ever going to make. Yeah. So it's, you know, you can't beat around the bush about it. You have to know your stuff. Yeah. You have to know everything. But I would say relationships first and then product knowledge is second. But the two go hand in hand. You still need, you still need both. But the relationship piece is number one.
0: So how, how do you find clients? Like, how does, like, do people, like, is it strictly referral based? Or do you have to go out there and basically, like, Hey, are you selling your house? Can I be your realtor? This is a nice house. You're going to make her divulge all of her
1: secrets, eh? Live on air. <laughs> yeah, there's no
2: secret but sauce.
1: Edmonton's a, uh, it's like a really big, small city. Or like, it's like, it's big, but it's super small. Everyone knows you know what each I other. Think, you
0: know what I think, though? <clears throat> it's interesting, though, because I don't, I don't, I, I think it's pockets of networks is what I think it is. So like, when you're in a specific network, you know everyone in that network. And everybody knows everyone in that network mm-hmm. so like so like i'm connected to your network and th- a lot of the people that you know are the same people that i know and same thing with you like some of the people that you know but then there's other networks that are out there that we're not even like i don't even know who they are you know? can't, even touch them. Can't, can't even touch them can't like even the, reach which them. basically could be running at like like parallel to yeah. us like there could be pe- there's people walking on the street that are on the street i've never seen before like not that I don't see them, I'm just, you're not, I'm not in that network. I'm not in that vibe with them and you have to literally tap into their network and then you get all of those people into your thing. Does it make sense? hmm So it's just, it's just interesting that like, I find that my network is always like this, almost the same as the kind of people that you know and the kind of people that you know, and we kind of all interact together within one kind of like a hive mentality. I think Edmonton has a whole shitload of these fucking networks that like don't touch each other.
2: I think we're always like two people away from someone you know. Like if you meet someone on the street in Edmonton, you know, you ask them a few questions, then you end up knowing, you know, that same person. And then, you know, that you connect with another person. So I feel like no matter who you meet in Edmonton, if you ask the right questions and you, you know, spend some time with them, you're gonna know at least one person. Right. That, you know, that's the same.
1: I can agree with that, yeah.
2: And I just feel like Edmonton is a small city I mean you can't go anywhere without running to into somebody that you know um, and it's just the way that it is it's our lifestyle too right like we, I love being downtown, you guys love being downtown, you know, we go to the same restaurants, we go to the same coffee shops, you know, you're running into the same, the same people. That's the
0: thing too, there's only a certain amount of places to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually <laughs> so small, like, in another We're major so metropolis, limited.
2: yeah.
1: Like, there's like so many I've different I've never been spots. to that restaurant before, yeah. like in another, like, go to New York, a big place, it's like, holy shit, this place, but here it's like, yeah, I've been there, done Uchilino's. That. Yeah, there. <laughs> uh, hey,
2: you know. Yeah. If, if we
1: say names, we, they got to pay for yeah, it. yeah. So oh okay, I'm joking. No,
0: i <laughs> yeah, that, That's but a paid advertisement. Yeah. From they're not going to like it when we send them a bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be like, what's this for? I'm like, yeah, you were on the show. Jacqueline Bailey. Jacqueline Bailey. I whispered. Jack- I whispered, I whispered your, your dropped name on it's the show. It's my favorite
2: restaurant.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she dropped your name on the Makes show so go. we have to send you a bill.
1: Huh? No. Actually, just keep speaking them up and the bill will keep getting higher. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a whole segment on them, and then yeah, like keep we'll do a whole
0: segment on them, and be like, "Yo, what's this bill for?" And it's like, you guys, you have a whole thought, thought exchange because there's a whole segment on it. I'm just like, oh, you I guess what?
1: I guess maybe we should pay for this one. <laughs> do you think if you did that and you just send people bills like, well, we talked about that. 10, we talk- we like, talked like, okay, about cool.
0: that with the, with with like Nike and stuff like that. Like whenever like you oh, put yeah. like a thing or you just send them a bill, that the big companies they wouldn't even like. Would they would would they think twice? They would just see a bill and. They I would really
2: hope that they have intelligent accounting systems where they do not pay bills that they don't have to pay. <laughs>
0: you know what I'm saying though? You just send them an invoice. Yeah, just send them. <laughs> She's no, at us you like, guys okay. stop. <laughs> just send them an invoice. Not right, <laughs> and not it says, and it's you know it says episode three. <laughs> do you think Dark Nike says, if we sent him a
2: hundred thousand dollar bill they'd pay it? Well, he doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars. to my account. It's Please 000. e-transfer. <laughs> $10,000 <laughs> increments Well I got this I got
1: this uh, Every
0: month
2: <laughs> Every month Well this
1: came This came from uh, I got this sick Nike logo That we put up in our house like That's I, where it came from Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay And then we're gonna do the, the podcast outside of our living room Cause our place is pretty sweet uh, the marchand. No, 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 no! It's <laughs> we. That's the wall. We decided it not to do it because yeah, it, was it was like it's so it dirty
0: and, <laughs> and disgusting.
1: It
2: yeah. a, a place. It just looks like an absolute castle. Like a,
1: yeah, look like a. Dude, why you keep telling people this? <laughs> I just, it's just a gross, nasty place. Anyways, we had this Nike logo, and we're like, yo, if we do the, the podcast here, like they're getting free advertising. Yeah. What happens if we just send them a bill and a link to the thing? Be like, yo, you're on our show. <laughs> you gotta pay us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think it works like that. They'd probably be like, yo, you have to pay us. Yeah, like, actually, it'd yeah.
2: vice versa. Yeah, it
1: would be a big vice
2: versa. Yeah, yeah
0: and then we'd have to, and then all of a sudden all the shows would have the little blurs <laughs> <laughs> on the back. We'd have yeah. to blur. Yeah. Have yeah. to just to move,
2: move the check mark like the other and way. Flip yeah. it
1: the flip other it. way. So yeah. it's I think someone owns that one too.
2: Oh, they do? Yeah.
1: There's a guy who does like phony Nike shoes. I forget. And he just flipped flip the thing? Yeah, he may, yeah, it looks really sick. Yeah, he got in a lot of trouble for that. I just watched a little documentary on this guy. I forget his name, forget the whole thing.
2: Like Where's he from?
1: Uh, I think uh, it's either Los Angeles or New York.
2: Okay, the states.
1: The states somewhere, yeah. I he does really cool Nike shoes, like custom ones, but they're not called Nike. They're they're under another moniker, but they the logo's upside down and backwards and something.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty. Did dope. you um? Have you ever seen that 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 uh, the documentary about um, the marketing scam the guys did for their movie? Fire? No, not fire. They basically what they did is they, they had a movie and then they trashed their own movie so they literally like put out posters and stuff and then they went in there and basically said this movie's bigotry and this and they put all of this like negative press negative press towards like their posters so they put all these posters up and they just bashed the shit out of their own movie saying it was a piece of shit. I can't believe that they said this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And like created yeah, this massive, crazy. massive shock factor. And people were like, whoa, like what? What's what this, about this movie? What is? Why is this movie getting like so much? Like why are people hating on this movie? What's this movie about that it's like so bad and so this? And they basically sold out every like every night because people just wanted to see what the hype was all about. See,
2: that's insane. That's the power of marketing.
0: But they did it to themselves. Like yeah, that no, was crazy. That was the craziest thing. Like they would just do the bat, the back, uh, the backwards bash on. That
1: that. Could, that could have gone totally the opposite direction though. Like that was a ballsy marketing move. Like say your shit totally sucks and like this is racist and bigoted and whatever. <laughs> and <it'd be> like <laughs> you women like-
0: and this and that and like they were saying all that type of weird shit. Yeah. And then they basically put it out there and then let people go watch it and <laughs> then it doesn't have any of that stuff in it. Oh, people would have been pissed. Then. They'd be like, what the It's hell?
2: like a family movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like funny. a dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, we're doing
0: real estate, Edmonton. And yep. you How's the market right now?
2: Mm, oh. Rough times.
0: Yeah. Everyone's like how it seems to be having... I think there's a transition going on where like a lot of people are shifting careers.
2: Yes. Yeah. And
0: because everyone's shifting and moving around... That there's, like, this down period, and then once everyone mm-hmm. shifts and moves, then there's going to be a settling, and then everything's going to go back up. But I definitely th- I definitely think that's what's going on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think people are forced to get new careers right now. I think yeah. with the oil feed field, people are, so many people are let go, so many people are laid off. So people are, like, literally forced to pivot into a different career or go back to school or whatever yeah. that is. I think the biggest thing right now that we're seeing is uh, – I mean, there's from the real estate side, there's so much inventory, so much lack of buyer confidence, so many restrictions that are working against people getting financing. Our government, I'm not getting into it, but
0: he'll he'll get fired up.
2: I'm not getting into it from a political standpoint, but it's hurting us. And then, um, uh,
0: well, you can't just say like, what are they doing that's hurting?
2: No, I, I really can't. <laughs> um, and then the p- and then the p- <laughs>
0: You know, nothing is safe here. You know that, right? I
2: know, but like, I can't yeah. have political views. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the pipeline is one of the biggest things that doesn't necessarily um, directly affect the real estate market, but people are like not making any big moves until that's solidified because oil is such a big... Um, aspect of the economy in Alberta.
0: It's just, it's all a big power move though It's against like that's the weird thing is like you have all these big huge power companies that are like first of all Everyone's pissed off that their boss fires them and then they blame the government for it So the boss is like yeah, I don't really sorry. I'm not, I'm not really making money. So you're gonna have to go. They're making money They're still making money. They just basically they're not. See,
1: they got to look after shareholders' interest first. That's the first and foremost with these big billion-dollar yeah. companies. They only care about shareholder interest. That's yeah. the first thing. So yeah. who, how how do you protect those guys?
0: Yeah. So the way that they basically keep the money in their pocket <coughs> is by firing everybody else. So basically, loyalty has nothing to do with anything. So well,
2: they don't have jobs for those people, right? Like they do they, have jobs.
0: They just don't want to. The work's do, not there.
2: No, the work's not there.
0: Yeah. There's it's too there. many though. Too. There's too many yeah. too many people in that industry. Right. But
2: they're moving, like even companies are moving their oil businesses to Texas. So that's what we're experiencing right now is co- big companies are actually moving their business out of Alberta and moving it into the States.
1: And why is that, Steve And East?
0: Well, because uh, they're government? getting taxed here. Is that because here. of the government? They, yeah. They're getting taxed here. For
2: the government!
0: Yeah, <laughs> because they don't want to, they don't. Well, the thing is, is that who owns the oil? We own the oil. But do we get the benefits from it? No. The company does so like well so, no this
2: is what we're doing
0: so why 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 doesn't the government just basically say okay all you oil companies beat it and we're going to now open up our like our epcor style
2: because company they can. in
0: there in there and basically rehire all these people the people are here still working they can still do the jobs
2: that would just be just a, kick an them all out gong
0: show yeah it's gong show. That's you gong think so like, if you oh, kick yeah. everyone out and you basically just oh, yeah. like all of all the money that basically makes from the oil just goes directly back to the people it doesn't work like doesn't that, work like that Why not? Sorry, Stevie Diest. Like those like if the like those just
2: companies, everybody out. Those companies own the land that the oil is on.
0: No, the land is owned by the Canada. They rent it. Like you, when you buy a house, you don't own the land. You have to pay taxes on that land. You have to pay to live on that, to have a house on that piece of land.
1: So Stevie Diest, you're suggesting that the government goes, hey, XYZ multi-trillion dollar international corporation, you're out. We're going to take this now.
0: Well, doesn't that what they do at West Edmonton Mall when they, when a company makes money? Don't they boot them out and they they open up their own company? What again? happens
1: if the government did that to your company? It was like, all right, Viva, fuck you and you, you're done. <laughs> uh, we we got guys that can run this for you. Would you be upset or how do you feel?
2: You guys, this won't actually fucking happen. Yeah, I know, I know. I know <laughs> so I know. this is just like the dumbest... It's all, co- no, no, but that's <laughs> what it is. It's Because <laughs> the oil companies, that just that's won't happen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally just not going to happen. Yeah. The only reason why the pipeline's not going through is because it was poorly managed. Now they want to put it through um, an indigenous colony. The indigenous colony is upset because they don't want it going through. They now want to purchase it, but it's federally owned. So it's just a political battle at this it's point. It's a big gong show of yeah. who's
0: going to get the money. That's what it seems like, because like you're right, the indigenous company that wants to put it, put it across and send it to the to the, uh, the West it? Coast. No. Now West Coast is saying because Vancouver is like, no, we don't want any f- ship ports that high up on the on the coastline. So you can't port your ships here. And so they're going, what the fuck? Like, I can't put a ship up here to collect this oil. And they're like, no, you can't do it. Because so they're, they're worried about death. the
2: whales what they're worried about the whales
0: in the shipping route yeah
2: yeah and so but like here from our Alberta perspective is like okay I care about the whales I love whales I'm a vegan I love whales but I care about people over whales you know like let's do something to like figure out the whole whale thing because there's thousands and thousands of people that are losing their jobs foreclosing, yeah, but these, going but these, bankrupt. Yeah, but these
0: thousands and thousands and thousands of people were not here before. They all have come from, like, Nova Scotia. No, like, the, no. everyone migrated here to kind of do it, and they're pulling the oil out way faster than they did in the 80s and in the 90s. They're pulling it out way faster, and if they put a pipeline in there, it's going to even accelerate that process. Like, right now, they're pulling out the oil faster than they can sell it. That's the problem. So, they're like, we need a pipeline because we're pulling out 400. What is it? 400 uh, um, billion barrels. What is it like? Like a huge number like that. And they can only sell 300. So they're just like, we can't get it out of, we can't get it out of Alberta fast enough.
2: That's not the problem.
0: <laughs> we, we're not. Yeah. She's not allowed to say the problem,
1: though. I don't think. Are you? No problem. That's not.
2: not the problem, though.
1: <laughs> There's no. Yeah. No political opinion. Um. Re- regardless, <laughs> let's just. We'll leave it at that. That yeah. um, the government has played an effect on oil. <laughs> It and does the housing market, correct? Because which direct? Yeah, which, which
2: is directly affecting the housing market. The housing it's going. Market, I think yeah. it's
0: going down one step at a time. So you have the oil, which would make the majority of the money, then the housing markets, which people are buying houses from that, and then what's what's going to be the next industry hit after restaurants are getting hit now? Restaurants, restaurants are
2: not are getting hit. Restaurants are actually fine.
0: They're not getting hit. The um,
1: restaurants are kind of getting beat up a bit. Same thing with the reason why the
2: small ones are yeah, like, yeah, yeah a little bit like the more the mom and pop, wins, mom and pop but ones. But like keep up. Cactus, Joey's, Bottega, like all these restaurants. People are always drinking in Edmonton. You guys expect a bill, by the way. Yeah. Always <laughs> <laughs> people ha- always have money to go out to di- for dinner and always have money to drink. There's nothing really else to do in Edmonton. And that's why, because I worked in hospitality for so long, we would go through the highs and lows of the economy and we wouldn't really be affected by anything, you know, because people still had to eat and people still drank. The things that are getting hit are the car industry, um, housing industry, you know, uh, the construction industry, because things have really slowed down. Um, uh, like clothing, like Victoria's Secret is closing down 130 stores. because what? Yeah, no one's buying. They can't
1: buy five hundred dollar bras. Well, not five hundred, but five
0: hundred dollar bras. Five hundred
2: dollar No, but everyone's (laughs) buying things online, or they're buying things from Australia now, or they're buying things from Europe. Like no one really needs. Like I think malls are really going to suffer.
1: There's a mall over by Calgary that's like completely. Have you seen that or heard of it? It's completely empty, and there's a. It's a massive debacle. Like there's like I think one store in there.
2: Wow.
1: There's an entire empty mall. Just outside of Calgary. Whole, whole uh, like 500,000 Like the outlet? Are you thing. talking about Crosstown? No. no, no, no. There's a whole new one that went up. No one's taking any space in it. They can't afford to. Yeah. yeah it's not it's, deer,
0: not it's not the deer, f- the deer, the deer foot one, is it? I don't it? know. Like I'll
1: look it up after the episode. Or you look it up on your phone. I'd figure the name of it. But the thing what is... Do, what do I look up, though? Just look up uh, Vacant Mall, Calgary. And the thing's crazy. But yeah, so there's all these factors that are contributing to Alberta kind of... We've lost a little bit of that Alberta advantage, I'd say.
2: I think so, too. Yeah,
1: but that uh, directly and indirectly affects your niche and your market, correct?
2: Totally. I mean, it just affects people's ability to spend money.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, they're not making money. <laughs> you know, everything's going up in price. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're kind of, you know, we're, kind of, we're in a tough situation. Yeah, we and are. And I think 2019 is going to be a tough year. Um, what we're hoping for from a real estate forecasting perspective is 2020 is going to start being becoming you know we're not going to be in decline anymore mm-hmm. we're gonna actually create more stability and you know start
1: are, are the banks playing a role in uh, uh, the real estate market being a little bit tough
2: yeah so they started tr- st- uh it's called stress testing people for mortgages um yeah so we're actually in the process we not me but um they're in the process of actually you know going after that and removing that because (laughs) who isn't stressed
1: what do you mean stress testing people like Um, here's a polygraph are you stressed
0: yeah so basically they they say start making these bill payments and they try to push to see how how hard they can put the bill payments
2: yeah so they would kind of take you out of a realm of like you're afford like you're what you could afford, and then push you kind of
0: a little bit past yeah, that.
2: past that, and to see if that was something that you could afford. So they're stress testing people to see what they can afford, um, and the biggest thing that I I say as a person who has a mortgage and everything like, there's so many stresses of life that aren't just money. It's relationships. It's like how your day went. It's like people that you met, what are you meant, eating, are you, you're eating you know, how you feeling, what are you reading, you know, there's so many things that make you stress. It's not just money. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't think it's a true indicator of people's ability to afford a home. And so that's why, um, that's one of the reasons why they're going after it is removing it as something that people have to go through when they're going through the mortgage process.
0: So basically what happens is, is that they would they would say, okay, I'm going for a $300,000 mortgage. And then they'll, they'll punch in the system and see if you can handle a three hundred and fifty thousand dollars mortgage, and then you know see what that kind of looks like on your lifestyle.
2: Yeah, like I'm not a mortgage broker, so I can't really speak to like the details of it. Yeah. But they do kind of push you to, you know, a place where, you know, would that be uncomfortable if um, inflation went up this amount? You know, if your if your bills went up, you know due to inflation, this is what that would look like, could you afford that, stuff like that. So they really- They're you know.
1: saying this to the client, like the, the yeah. potential home buyer, yeah. or are they doing it to the mortgage broker to you, and is it passed along?
2: Um, like it's a combination of working with the mortgage broker and the client. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a mortgage broker, I don't know all the okay. details of everything, mm-hmm. but I do know that it's something that actually, I mean, it just sucks. It, they're just making it really hard for people to get financing.
1: And if that's denying a lot of people then. Because they're not yep. passing these stress tests.
2: Uh, Is yeah, it, yeah. And the banks have just made it really hard for people. They're just really, just like all of us, you tighten know, their, or, or tighten their purse strings a little bit, and you know. And the banks
0: are, and they're just waiting to see yeah. what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, wouldn't the bank? I know this uh, may sound kind of ridiculous. Wouldn't they want to give out more houses and then want people to default on them so they can, can they buy can get back at a dis- gis- discount? I have your money and your house.
2: No, because we're in. A recession, basically. Yeah. So if they give people a $320,000 loan and say they foreclose on it in less than a, year a, a, half, <laughs> a year
0: and a half. A year and a half, they lose. And
2: now that house is worth 300000 mm. Well, the banks lost money, yeah. you know? So they have to protect themselves to make sure that they...
0: That the value of the that house the value, stays the same.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, because they don't want to basically. <coughs> where they think the banks are actually started doing, which was interesting. I don't know if they're still doing that. Where they're doing the reverse mortgages, where basically like old people can't sell their houses because like they they have these multi-million-dollar houses and they can either only give it off to their offspring, or like try to sell it, but then nobody can afford their house, so they do what like reverse mortgages on those mm-hmm. houses.
1: And well, what's that called? The bank's paying you. The bank
0: buys the house back in Slowly? hopes that that you're gonna die before they pay off all the house so if you pass away then they they take they own the house and then they become like a so they pay you like a a monthly payment like a reverse mortgage jeez yeah in hopes that like I've heard of it
1: I didn't know have you ever heard of that Jacqueline
2: I haven't had any clients that have done that that, but I have heard of this reverse mortgage thing
0: yeah it's almost like it's like turning them into like the biggest real estate agents <laughs> in in the country because they would own all the houses, right?
1: That's wild. Wow. So in this in this economy, Jacqueline, what are, uh, I don't know, let's say, th- what are three things that you're doing that separate you from other people in this current climate that's kind of maybe not ideal? Which are other things that you, like, don't, you don't need to divulge all the secrets, but like maybe getting back to the basics or you're picking up the phone more or is there anything else that that you suggest or that you do?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, if you can make it in this market as a real estate agent, <laughs> you're, you're gonna be fine when things get actually good. Um, everything takes twice as long. Every deal you has to be handheld the whole time. Um, the biggest thing that differentiates our team from um, a marketing perspective is we're very heavily on social media. So my business partner Caitlin and I are very prominent on social media. It's something that not only differentiates us, but it gets, you know, it's what people are doing. People People are are holding their phones, you know. So it makes us almost relatable, where people feel, you know, that they kind of know us almost. Mm -hmm. So it makes it um, like a very smooth conversation. Yeah, Yeah, there's already trust and rapport. It's almost like meeting a stranger for the first time, but th- with social media, it doesn't feel that you don't feel like they're your stranger. It's almost
0: kind of a little weird where they actually yeah. know more about you than you actually yeah. know. Like, how do you know so much about me? I've yeah. had that happen before. Have you? I'm sure oh, you have. Oh my gosh, like, all the time. But yeah. honestly,
2: I throw my life out there. So yeah. it's, it's not like I'm surprised. I'm like, oh my God, how do you know my dog's name? It's like, <laughs> no, I, I'm i very aware of yeah. how much I share on social media. Yeah. Um, and it's worked. It's really worked. We've gotten a ton of clients builders, um, a lot of people just approaching us because they say, you know what? I like your vibe. I kind of like, you know, your style. I like the way that you're, you know, because we're not old school realtors. You know, we, we change the game a little bit. Um, we spend way more money on on listing a home than any, uh, anyone else would do. We do really expensive photography, videography with Steve. We do like custom feature sheets, we do like insane social media marketing and and targeted marketing we do uh, tag marketing. We do so many things because Caitlin and I, both of our schooling background is marketing. Yeah. And so we're very, our brain just goes into how do we that market mode. Better, yeah. yeah. And how do we take your property and differentiate it from all the other properties? So we don't treat every property to the same. We say, okay, this is a marketing plan for this property. This is the demographic. This is a target market. This is our marketing strategy. This is our marketing plan. This is what we go after. And so that's what differentiates us. A
1: lot of people don't do that. They just no. go all willy-nilly into no. the thing. And like, we're going to sell houses. Post <laughs> it
0: on MLS and then just and wait until it some, it someone calls.
2: Yeah. And like, you, we, you just can't do that in this market. You have to really work hard for the sale. So because there's so much inventory, how do you take that one house when there's 100 homes that are listed in that same area? Yeah. So how do you get that house in front of people's faces?
0: And is it more people are selling their houses because they can't afford them anymore?
2: Uh, no, no, not our, not our personal clientele. Yeah.
0: No, because uh, you're you, you dealing with more like luxury clientele. So like, I, I don't even know if that's even, does this even affect your market?
2: Um, you just, it's just harder to find them? There's a smaller pool of them yeah. right now. So that's what we're dealing with is there's a small pool of buyers that can afford that 800 plus home. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're dealing with. Um, the other thing is people, buyers are just, they're just not confident. They just want to, you know what? They're like, you know what? Because you don't spend know that whether kind of money, you're going
0: to buy a house and it's going to drop on you. Yeah.
2: You know what? If we're going to yeah. spend that kind of money, maybe we should wait six months. Maybe we should wait a year. You know yeah. what I mean? So and that's what we deal with Um, and I mean it's it's a valid point however people still need homes people still need to live Uh, what we're dealing with is people that are um, upgrading so if they're in their first home they're going to their second home or third home Mm -hmm. so they're moving up which is nice so we're able to sell their home for a reasonable price Maybe they lose a little bit of money on their home, but maybe but they, they make, make like, more
0: on the bigger house You know,
2: they'll get that house for a hundred grand less in this market than they would four years ago mm-hmm. So it's
0: really a buyers market right now a
2: hundred percent so yeah. like
0: so like it Might be tough to sell a house because you can't there's so many houses to sell but like buying houses right now is like for cheap. Well, not cheap, but like disc- you, disc- you, they can, you can upgrade fairly You can upgrade your house right now if you want to up if you want to upgrade your house call this girl She'll, uh, do it she'll upgrade you into one of those eight hundred, nine nine hundred thousand dollar houses and save you a hundred thousand bucks
2: yeah I mean it's insane <laughs> it's just the way that it is and the pricing and pricing and presentation are the most important thing so
0: well it's all about feeling right yeah. like it, like if anything when you're buying like cars or houses or any of those big purchases it's how it, how it makes you feel so if you can make yeah. people feel some kind of way when they get to the house if they show up and the house is all raggedy and yeah. pillows and whatever or half empty there's nothing in the house it doesn't feel as nice as if it's
1: well, a lot of a lot of real estate agents they connect uh, smells with their home which then puts feelings like they'll put baked cookies in the oven and make the place smell like cookies like mm-hmm. that's Oh so you just thing, right?
0: dropped you just dropped some some knowledge bro Oh well, yeah, no. Are it's just, be there's ba- just people baking cookies stuff. now all over the place. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've never <laughs> sold a house before,
1: but I know that people. I know that's something. It's like a neuro-linguistic programming. If you can connect an emotion, yeah, with a feeling during a sales process, like when someone walks in and they're just like, "Wow, this place smells like cookies!" Hey, hey, Stacy, don't you make these cookies? Hey, it smells like your mom's, and the, you know they get super stoked about it, right? Like there's yeah. that feeling and an emotional attachment to the sale. But you were saying. Uh, there was two P's there. It was price and presentation. Yep. You said those are the two most important?
2: Like price number one.
1: What What about price? Does it fit their, their sort of uh, the buyer's goal or whatever? Or what, what about price?
2: That would be from a selling perspective. So when uh, we take listings now, we're very, very, very blunt about what the price needs to be in this market. It's not, you can't blame the agent. You can't blame anybody. We would love to get you as much money as possible. But the thing is, it's like, I always compare it to stocks. So if you bought a West stock for $400 today and tomorrow it dropped to 300 you can, can you sell, sell it for 400 No. No, you can sell it for 300 So it's the same thing that's correlated with real estate is it changes all the time Mm -hmm. so the market dictates the price of your home you might have bought it for six hundred thousand dollars but the market dictates that your house is worth 550
1: and people have an emotional attachment to that and they don't understand they don't
2: understand what I paid 700 for that
0: yeah I got that problem right now yeah I have a condo up in Spruce Grove I've been sitting on it for almost 10 years now I can't get it I can't get it up like I bought it at the peak at the peak and, uh, and it was a dumb move too because it should have pulled out right at the thing because the, the price changed at like right at the thing and they were giving back the, the deposits. And I'm just like, what? You're going to do that? Because they basically, you bought it in at two years prior to the, to, the, to, the, to the peak, but then what ended up happening at, because the market went up so high that the, basically the builder said, no, we're not selling it for that price anymore. You're either going to have to buy it at the new price listing right now or you take your deposit back. So they take everyone's deposit, I don't even know if that was actually technically legal, (laughs) but they took everyone's deposit, built the houses, the market went went through the roof, and then they basically said, whoa, we can sell these places for way more than what they're worth, right? So then they gave a whole bunch of people their money back, right, because people said, fuck you, I'm not buying it then, because you're changing the price on me. And then as soon as they did that, the market just went, Oh, so they made their money and then screwed everybody else? Well, yeah, because they were just like, so if they were to sell the house for the the condo for, let's say, um, for uh, 180, let's say, but then the market went up and it went up to 210 or 220, there's a $40,000 gap there that they feel that they're losing on like multiple amount of units. Mm -hmm. So instead of honoring... The, the 180. They said no. We're gonna sell them for 220. You want it still, or you don't want it? Oh, and you went into it on and yeah. And people, yeah, and people, people kept it because the market was doing this. Oh. So people were like, oh shit, I wanna, I don't wanna lose out on these deals. And then all of a sudden, as soon as the deal went through, the fucking market just came right back down. And so Damn. like everyone's houses that they bought for like 220 are now only worth like 160. And then no one wants to sell. And them you can't sell it can't because sell you're just like fuck. You know, like don't want to take that hit. That's I'm like, like That's a heavy, an
2: astronomical hit. amount of money too for yeah. a small condo. That's
0: a huge drop, right? Like like dropping like $50,000, 40000 like, That's happened to a lot of people. A lot so. of people, man. So now people just sit on them and you just like pay your mortgage and just hope that it climbs back up. And it hasn't. It's been 10 years. It still hasn't climbed back up.
2: That's the condo market.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Condos just, would
1: be, yeah. Condos totally different niche, eh?
2: Condo market is really taking a hit right now.
0: Yeah. And not only that, but now the unit is like, it's getting beat up. It's no longer brand new. It's 10 years old
2: got renters
0: in there. It's got renters in there. That's good though. Shit. You got renters though. Yeah, but the whole place is filled with renters, man. All the owners that bought that place bought it as an investment. Oh, so yeah. it turns into like a fucking No like, one gives a shit about like, it. Like slumdog. A slum dog millionaire, you know? <laughs> no. You know? It turns into like one of those uh, May what is it, what is it Mid mid renters, whatever it's called. Oh like, yeah, like, I don't really, I don't say the name. You yeah, can I don't even know what's poorly bought them. Yeah no I don't speak I know poorly. what you're talking about But though. it's just like yeah, so like all of a sudden like the whole place is turned into like a, a full blown Rental, it's not a condo because condos people own them and they live in them
2: and they care and
0: they care about them, but renters don't. They'd be like, Oh, I pay rent here. I'm just like, It's not mine.
1: I don't understand that. Like, do you understand that logic? Mm-hmm. Like, if someone rents a place and they just like they spill something on the carpet and don't care, like, it's not mine or whatever, like, they just like smoke well, in the unit and trash it. I think, mm-hmm. it's, I just, I think it's just a
0: personality thought. level, though, at that it's point. It's a character right? thing, it's a character at that point. thing because you're not. You don't have ownership. You have not even at that level yet of buying and owning something. Mm-hmm. So you basically you're just like careless and free and don't don't care. I don't understand that. And so the pe- slightest. so people just basically just run that level and that lo- that lower vibrational frequency, right? And just do weird stuff. Like I've do like in our like in our unit, like I'm on the board, like I'm. <laughs> I'm like the president of the board. How is funny weird. is that, eh? <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's the president.
2: You're the president? He's the yeah.
1: president of the board. <laughs> he goes to these meetings, it's hilarious. Yeah,
0: there are these meetings and stuff like that. And, and, and the stuff that goes on there is just like, you're just thinking, you just shake your head because you're just like, what is going on? Like, you're just dealing like you're like a babysitter to people. And you're just like, how, how, how do people live like this? You know, Steve, like
2: that is not ideal.
0: No, it's not. It's a bad, I mean, it's a bad situation. It's a Good bad thing situation.
2: you got the marchant. Hey.
0: <laughs> hey, 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 take
1: it easy. <laughs> that, that hole, that dirty, nasty hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hole in the ground. Yeah. So, Jacqueline Bailey, we're talking about real estate. We're talking about um, uh, what to do in this market. Yeah. Right? You're talking about price. Yeah. Well, what about presentation? And what about price? We kind of sidetracked.
0: Yeah. What do people need to do in order to basically like.
2: Oh man, they just gotta be realistic. Like if you do wanna sell in this market, you just have to be realistic.
0: And it'll go and Uh, you'll sell?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're realistic about price, you have the right real estate team um, helping you present the home well. Photography is one of the most important things because people are house shopping for themselves online. Mm -hmm. Um, And staging, making sure everything looks really nice. And that's our forte, that's what we do. But, um, yeah, I mean, we won't take listings if people aren't, aren't um, realistic really. about price.
1: You're straight up with the people, too. You're like, I'm not going to take your listing because this is, price is out to lunch and I yeah. don't want to deal with it.
2: Yeah, not that we don't want to deal with it, but we don't want to disappoint them. You know what I mean? We want to set realistic expectations from the get-go mm-hmm. so that there's no, um, not hard feelings, but you know, they want, we want to make sure that we're doing our job properly mm-hmm. and so we're being really honest with them from the get-go. And uh, you know what? Some people want to don't want to hear it, but they do want to hear it. You know, so it's just like you say something that you know. You just our job is to just give people information. That's what our job is to give people factual information, and so that they know that we're not just pulling that out of the sky. You know, we have factual information that we show them that dictates what that pricing strategy yeah. is. Um, so we're not going in there and be like, yeah, your house is worth, I think, based on looking around 550, you know, like we do price per square foot, what's in the neighborhood, you know, all those like different analytics that we go in through to price a home. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, is it hard to have those conversations sometimes when, you know, you have a divorced couple and they're splitting up and they're That's be the worst. losing Dealing money with, like, on people. their home. And you know, our job isn't all fancy and fun. You know, we show that on Instagram, but we deal with, <laughs> we deal with some hard situations. <laughs> we you do. Should put, you should
0: put a hard
1: one up one time. Be like guys, a total switch. Here you go. So you would be like, this, yeah, just be like when they're
0: fighting in the background, just be like, just take a selfie and be like, clients are fighting right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> clients are fighting.
1: This
0: one's this one's not pretty, guys. This one's not pretty. <laughs> it's going to be tough.
1: Like,
2: ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's just, it's not all. There's some
1: gritty ones there, eh?
2: Yeah, and just, like, heart-wrenching ones, right? We are human. We, we're we not robots. We're human, too. So we do have a certain element of, like, compassion for those certain situations. And, you know, we do our best to help um, hold their hand throughout the process. But then it, the, the hard part about our job, too, is you know, we don't control the market. The market controls the market. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's not all amazing and fun and exciting all the time. We deal with some hard situations, and, you know, you cry with clients and you're empathetic and, you know, but then there's the other clients. It's their first-time home buyer, and you know, you get to celebrate them with them and open a bottle of champagne in their new house, and you know, make those memories and be a part of those really special moments. So, um, there's more of those.
0: That's got to be, that's got to be probably most I would imagine as a realtor. That would got to be the ideal market or clientele to have are people that are buying homes because it's easy at that point because all you really all you're really doing is basically trying to f- listen to the client and what they want, and then go and shop mm-hmm. and find it for them, and say, "What do you think about this one?" And it's good, and they're like, "Yes, I want it," and you're be like, "Perfect," because yeah. you already know how much they want to spend. You already know all you have to do now is just go find. Unless they go, "Yo, I want a want a huge mansion, but I only have like hundred fifty thousand or two hundred thousand to spend," and be like, uh, "They don't exist,"
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: but how do you find those clients? Like, because I would imagine that that would be that would definitely be relationship-based. I would imagine
2: totally. And I think with when you're working with buyers, because there's so much inventory, you know, say they give you a budget of four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars, they give you six neighborhoods. There's fifty houses in that realm. Yeah. Um, working with buyers is just a process of, of elimination. You like know, you
0: really have to take them to like two or three houses that you know they're gonna buy.
2: You have, like honestly, you should be going out max two times and having maybe eight houses, knocking them down, getting it down to two, and just letting people make the decision. On their own, yeah. yeah. Um, because buying houses
0: You should throw a third one in there as a throwaway. Yeah. Those ones are always nice. Or,
2: okay, right, like, like, a, like a really
0: bad one that you just like, this is in the neighborhood, this is... So they look at it and be like, I definitely don't want to live in this one. You know, like, just a throwaway house. And that way they left with two, but you give them three.
2: There's a different philosophy about doing it the other way too, like yeah. showing them something that's out of their budget.
0: They do, they do that, hey. And These,
2: then, geez. yeah, and <laughs> then, <laughs> and then bringing them down to more reality. But then they like, you know, it's just about really educating the buyer, right? Because everyone's like, oh yeah, my but god. But I don't know.
0: But then that would create it. Like for me, if I went to a place and I'm like, I love this place and I can't afford it. Then I'm gonna be depressed. Well, then you buy the get next them on one. The middle one. That's yeah. re- retail sales do. That yeah, I know. They but then now me. I feel now I I don't you know how if you're talking about the sense of feeling, when I when I go to that second house, I now don't feel, like stoked as it? stoked for it, like as opposed to like if you just like push it just slightly enough that you know that they can afford it, and you know they're gonna love it, but like show them too that they're kind of like yeah, oh, it's okay. I'm like this is the one. I'm like this is perfect. This is one a little bit more than what you wanted but i'm like i'm like i i i I work the numbers out and i think you can afford it then they'd be like i want it yeah you know (laughs) it's the idea of
2: like buying a car or like buying a pair of shoes you go in you're like you're like oh yeah you're like you know what i just need a black pair of heels and like yeah okay you can have these ones or you can have like these ones and you're like well you know what i don't really want mm. those ones and then they bring you a pair that's in the middle and they're like, oh, but then you could have these ones that are, you know, they have that aspect of it, but they don't necessarily, you know, are not going to fall apart in two they're seconds. Yeah, one, but yeah.
0: they're not like, because you're making them feel really shitty about the price, because it would be like, oh, I don't want to pay fucking $300, 500 Not making
1: you sh- shit. feel shitty about the price. You just say like, a, like one or two talking points on the real super nice ones and be like, yeah you, yeah, you can get those ones. And then you show them the real shitty ones, <laughs> and they're like, well, "You could get those ones. You got these ones, and they're kind of in the middle." <laughs> yeah, and then you're like,
2: you know what? This house has aspects of that one. You like talk about that, but like, you know what? This isn't your budget. You could do, you could fix this, this, and this. It's going to cost about blah blah blah. So it's just it's psychology. It's very calculated,
1: though. Yeah, this isn't by accident. No. No, a lot of learning went into this. Yeah. What are What are some? <laughs> of your well, no, she's dropping like yeah. she's dropping some jewels. Some not na- Some right na- now. Some knowledge. What are, here. What are some uh, books that you read that you could suggest to our audience? Let's say three, three. Actually, top five books. Jacqueline Bailey, top five books. Does it just mindset, or doesn't even have to be fully real estate? Maybe two real estate books if you've read any. Okay. Like, I don't even know if there are like real estate niche specific books. I'm sure there are. Yep. Yeah. But what are the top five, and then two of them are like real estate books.
2: Um, okay, so I'm really big on like motivational people, mm-hmm. speakers. So yeah. Brendan Bouchard wrote a book called Maximize Living. It's like one of, one of, a really, really good book. Yeah. Um, Ryan Serhant is my real estate idol. Yeah. He yeah. wrote... Um, a book called Sell It Like Sirhan, which I read twice in two days. So,
1: those are two real, uh, one real estate One book. real
2: estate book, one motivational one book.
1: Sell It Like Sirhan? Check, yeah. Check your mic. It's
2: Twelve. off.
0: Turn it on.
1: Why did it turn off, Stevie?
0: I don't know. Why did you turn it off?
1: I didn't. How did I turn it off? It's covered. Check, check.
0: Yeah, you're good. There you go. Okay. Sorry, you were saying?
2: um Yeah, I read audio books. So, which one am I reading right now? I forget the title. I just listened to them in my car. Yeah. And.
0: Um, That's how I love doing that.
2: Uh, there's a book. It's for the girls. It's called Girl, Wash Your Face. It's by Rachel Hollis.
0: Girl, Wash Your Face? Yeah. Yeah. What's that one about? Uh,
2: it's just, you know. It's, I mean, it's for girls. like. It's about.
0: Are you, well, assuming, this girl's are you, are you assuming, assuming
1: Stevie's not a girl? Steve, <laughs> you wouldn't read this book. <laughs> um,
2: and she just wrote. She wrote another book called "Girls Stop Apologizing." It's just all about like breaking through the stereotypes about being an entrepreneur as a female. You know, um, the things that we go through. I'm not a mom, but there's a lot of things that entrepreneurs go through as a female. Of you know, we're still in. We're still battling that whole man mentality that guy's world um even in real estate you know we go up against it all the time so it's just about like having a really positive mindset about you know don't apologize for who you are you know girl wash your face like wake up wash your face you know i got
0: a question on this one too because like because i I hear this a lot from the female side of everything and they're, they're constantly trying to fight men and trying to like uh you know um Prove that they're strong as men and doing stuff as men. Stevie, you
1: gotta remember that they know where we live now, okay?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> the, We're the, hey. the, the reason why I'm saying that is because like there's a lot of things that women can do that men cannot do, and like if putting a feminine touch on certain things is actually probably more beneficial in doing them. So instead of like like I've 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 read a lot of things about like where women are not trying to become men but they want to be powerful females. Mm-hmm. which is a completely different aspect about it you know still feminine still this but not trying to like get into the man's world and like fucking bust around and like and because i find that like a lot of times you'll notice that is like women will have to come across as like being almost overly aggressive in that environment to succeed in that environment and then it comes across as like w- whoa like why is she so aggressive why is she so mean why is she so like assertive? <laughs> bitchy right when 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 women have uh, uh, a feminine uh, touch to things that is way more powerful than a, than how a man can do some stuff hmm right like there's definitely th- we're different we're two different beings that have two different skill sets yeah right and so like I can't do things like a woman just like you can't do things like a man but like I could do it doesn't mean that I do it as well And the same thing, and back and forth, right? Yeah. So, uh, like, I find that that's the big push. I find that, I I don't know, I just notice it a lot right now, too. The women are just like, no,
2: I'm powerful, (laughs) I'm strong, fuck you. I mean, I'm just like, okay. So much of this, like, boss babe thing, this female hustler, this whole, um, like, movement of feminism... Um, where girls are supporting women, you know, hustle for that money. Don't work, don't, you know. Don't chase after that man, you know. Like it's all about. There's a there's a movement right now, and like I doing think doing
0: it by yourself and like you
2: know being independent and you know relying on yourself. Don't rely on a guy. And there's this huge movement that's going on right now where it's like putting a fire in women's you know yeah. souls where they're like you know what? Yeah, I don't need a man. You know I. I want to work hard. I'm to go after my dreams, you know. Does that mean that, you know, childbearing gets put on the back burner for a little bit for people? Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Um, you, guys can't, you guys can't get pregnant. So, like, and I think that that's one of but the biggest things. But what happens things. is when
0: women get pregnant, what happens men get attacked right away and say, you have to pay for it. Even if the woman is not with the man, the guy is obligated to pay for it. That's not easy.
2: I don't think it should be an obligation. I think it should be a desire.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. It usually should it, This you're is the thing. Up. This is where it should be. Like, if, if like, it, there should be a desire, right? Where I can basically take care of my kid, but why do I have to pay someone else to take care of them? What do you mean?
2: Why aren't you there?
0: No, no, you are there. But there's still <laughs> there's still situations where, like, you're there, you're still parenting, but you have to pay for it. Like, you're talking about alimony and stuff yeah there's no alimony is like you get divorced and you'll be like take half right TV,
1: where are you going
0: what do you mean
2: These batteries oh, I mean batteries
0: oh they died again yeah yeah you're out. you're out man people are people are stressing about you but you know what i'm saying like i'm not like i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that it's wrong what i'm saying is, is that there's two sides of the coin right like, to say that it's... it's.
2: I mean, there's so many scenarios with that. Like, you we'd be here all night, like, yeah. talking about all the different scenarios. Like, But I think that if a guy gets a girl pregnant and they're not together and they're not living together, I think there should be a desire for that guy to want that kid to yeah, ideally have would, a great life. And yeah. you can't breastfeed. You can't take care of the kid. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that guys can't do... That the female has to do, but that means that she takes time off work. That means, you know.
0: But what happens if the guy says, "Okay, you know what? That's fine. I'll formula. I'll do all stuff. I'll stay at home. I'll take care of the kids. You pay me alimony. You go to work."
2: No, no, but that's (laughs) (laughs) you know,
0: like there's those types of scenarios. But like that doesn't—that's not even an option.
2: But where? When has anyone done that? When has any any guy been like, you know what? screw it, I'm going to do the formula thing, you pump your breast milk, you go back to work, (laughs) I'm going to sit here. It's not a bad gig. Like, (laughs) no (laughs)
0: one. It's not a bad gig. You get to hang out and play with kids all day. I'm sealing my (laughs) lips here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm not saying anything.
2: What the heck? Like, do you know anyone that's ever done that?
1: I say it's the podcast where nothing is safe. This one's a safe one for (laughs) most TV. I don't make enough money <laughs> <yet> to talk <laughs> on this subject, so this is on you. Yeah. Do and you have a it, kid? And it, no, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, hopefully not. But
0: yeah. They're hard. It's. I can't even really speak about it because I don't have kids. You don't have kids. None of us have kids. No. So it's it's. I've seen I've seen my sister with nephews, and it's like those first couple of years is fucking like.
1: I think honestly with it's men, a lot of work with children men. I think children's probably one of the most important jobs that can ever it is be it's, the, the, most, it's that the, is mo- the most it's the most important job. important job and I think that's the uh, balls getting dropped massively from both sides men and women yeah. on raising children correctly
0: especially because the fact of the matter is that uh the programming happens between the age of one to seven that's the most important time mm-hmm. between one and seven if you if you fuck up the programming at that moment at that time if you don't that that stays with that kid for his whole life. That's happened. Like you, our our programming is from our parents from the ages of one to seven. That's when all the neural uh, the neural pathways are created and they're they're solidified mm-hmm. and you can't change them until you know them. And then you, it takes a long time to to even break those habits and break those subliminal uh, patterns that we actually run at those times. So like it is the most important the job. The yeah, most
2: important job. Yeah, it is.
0: Job. It is. From both, I think from
1: both aspects, and like I think from both the father figure as well as the the female figure. You need both. You need. I think. I think you need both. That's you need just. Both. That's just me coming mm-hmm. from Bubble St. Albert, but, like, <laughs> but both a positive, ma- bubble, a, a positive male influence and a positive female influence. And mm-hmm. in an ideal situation, you'd have both parents home, because if you're just if you're just home with like let's say the father's home and mom's out grinding it out, there's an imbalance between the. Like, the child's being raised primarily by the dad and not that much of a mother. It like doesn't get any... Getting, the any attention fem- from mom. Yeah. Uh, any any feminine, like, influence. Yeah. And then the same thing... And vice thing, versa, the vice other versa. way around. Like, dudes dudes working in the oil field and they don't see their children for a month at a time and they only see their kids two times a month. You know what I'm saying? When they, they do the 14 on and two off and 14 and that has an effect. And two off. I, I, I could see that. Happening. Would, I would effect, imagine
0: yeah. it would have an effect and, like, a lot of that is hard. It's difficult. But, yeah, like it's a very tough everyone situation. Everyone's, like you said, the situations, everybody's situation is completely different.
2: Yeah, and it totally depends on the character of the person. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it. And uh, who, who, what kind of personality do they have? You know, did they want kids? Did they not want kids? Was it, was it, was it a mistake? Was yeah, it planned? A yeah. You know, like there's so many things that could <laughs> come into play. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a freaking independent woman, so <laughs> I'm not getting into... Like that piece, and obviously I can't go on mat leave. I'm, on, I'm self-employed. Yeah. yeah. So well, you
0: can get mat leave from the government, though.
2: I, the yeah. government
0: pays out mat leave and stuff like um, that. They play paternity leave.
2: I'm yeah, sure it's that it's, it's really different with when you're self-employed with real estate. Yeah, it's not going to be the same would you yeah. make. and you almost like wouldn't you almost don't even want to because if you if you make a deal and. If you know. sell your soul, and the no, if you sell a house, you sell like you're the the good NDP. for, <laughs> you're good for a little while, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So we're going. Stevie always freaking drives the conversation wild. Okay, we're going to uh, books you've read. We we yeah, we went we to wash your face, girl. Now Stevie's talking about mm-hmm. stay-at-home dads and shit pumping <laughs> <laughs> breast milk. This freaking guy, hey, I'm trying to give the people like, <laughs> hey, what are some what are some like
2: beneficial you know, things? Yeah,
1: beneficial things. And Stevie's talking about that shit pumping. I, and I, saw that that one video, I saw that
0: one video where the girl was on the, on the news talking about how, how uh, breastfeeding has become a fad and like they should do natural feeding with uh, formula. <laughs> the guy almost lost his shit. He goes, did she just say natural feeding with formula? <laughs> it's like, and it literally, that's what, like, you have to watch the clip. Sorry, man. No, that makes, that makes kind of sense. You
2: know what? Sense. You should start breastfeeding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can milk anything with nipples. Yeah, can you?
1: Dude, that's from Zoolander, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's like, can you milk my cat? Or can you milk me or
0: whatever? I can milk anything with nipples. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that?
0: I do remember that's that.
1: That's a f- classic scene. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. hilarious. All right, so we got... We got books. Yeah. We got
2: books. Dare to Lead, I just started reading that. Which one? What is it called? Dare to Lead.
1: Dare to Lead, yeah. That's a leadership book. Who writes leadership
2: that one? B- uh, I, can't, I can't remember. i yeah, had yeah. who wrote... But Dare to Lead, Google it. Mm-hmm. Great book. Um yeah.
1: I'll, re- I'll re listen to these and put them in our show notes on the episode. Okay. It'll be like Jacqueline Bailey's top five books. How
2: many yeah. have
0: you listed so far? Three?
1: We're on 4 four. We're on four, four I five. Think. There's the CERN book, there's the wash your face girl, the other female book, and then Dare to Lead.
2: Yeah, and then Maximize Living from Brandon Bouchard. Really oh yeah, that's book. yeah, yeah. We put yeah. that one on there. Yeah. These are really, really I mean, honestly. I'm a big podcast person too, and he has an awesome podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. who is this guy,
1: is Brandon he, Bouchard? Is he all over YouTube?
2: Yeah, like he's big, big time.
1: Yeah, he got big. Like, yeah, he's the guy who just he shows up. Befo- he's like a, you know Ty Lopez? Like Ty Lopez did all that where like you'd try and watch a music video and his Ty Lopez ad pops up. Oh, really? Yeah. Well. The Brendan Bouchard guy. Every time I try and watch a freaking movie or not a movie, but I listen to a song, it's like, I think hey, it, this I is think the top
0: five things that I you think need to do if you want to be successful. I think it's linked to your motivation. It's Like the same thing, Lopez comes up because it's, it's a specific type of search engine. It's targeting yeah. you specifically. I don't think she's ever heard of Ty Lopez. No. Yeah. So that's the
1: guy with the lamp, the picture. Ty Lopez, you got to pay us Ta- Ty Ta- Lopez, got, are going to send the guy you guy who's like, he's like, you know what I love Dude, more I'm, about having my Lamborghini and he's doing like he got a selfie. you never seen like, that one?
0: No. Okay. So this classic. guy, I've watched this guy from when he first started off and I swear to God, he literally, I think, you think he did it fake thing. it till you make it and he rented a Lamborghini rented a Ferrari. It was a Lamborghini. A, or a Lamborghini and a, and a bookshelf full of books. And he basically said, you see that Ferrari on there? I really love that Ferrari, but what I actually appreciate more these is these <laughs> books behind me on my shoulder. And he did that and he was selling mentorship programs. And then all of a sudden it went from like just, that like empty garage with just the book and the Ferrari to like a mansion. And like a whole fleet of cars.
1: And then and then he ru- he, ru- he walks around with his phone, fronting like it's like no big deal. He's like, yeah, I'm just in the just in the courtyard of my twenty thousand dollar square. I'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, we're over by the swimming pool, but uh, so he always it's does. It's a terrific size. It's not that big, but you know. But he just like he just markets that way. Like yeah. he just like shows off without showing. And off. it's hilarious because really like you like
0: you watch fifteen minutes because you just like because all right guys, I'm gonna show you three. I'm gonna show you three ways to actually like you know change your life and do your stuff you know as i'm giving you a quick tour of my house you know like um you know so you know this you know this is this and then he'll go off on tangents because these three things are the most important things though on how to get most of this stuff and this you got to do these you know what man this video's been going on a little link, too long below, yeah. i'm just gonna put the link below it's totally free just click the link below and I'm uh, and, uh, just sending your email address and I'll, I'll send you the, uh, the three most important things to do. All right, guys? I'll see you guys on the other side. We kept you for 15 minutes showing off all of this shit, being I mean, like, show me the stuff. Show me the stuff. And then you have to like pipe in your email address and then he just markets to you that way. It's like, yeah, every video he does is exactly the same. Brilliant. It was
1: super smart. Yeah, it was smart. You, you're kind of mad at the end of it. You're like, <laughs> fuck! I want to know what the three things to be successful. But then are. you're like,
2: I'm gonna sign up for this.
1: No, I'm gonna sign up for this because he's doing it. But like at the beginning, I think there's like a not a conspiracy out there, but I think a lot of it was rented. Like he rented a bunch of it because you could you could pretend you have the best life in the world on Instagram if you just like you could rent a yacht. I don't know. Like just invest invest like in a week in like yeah, yeah, you some oh, a yeah.
0: thousand bucks for for a Lamborghini and record that video. If That means that video cost him $1,000, which he did on his iPhone, bookshelf full of things, and it made him a, multi, a multi-billionaire, right? Like, because he pushed that video for three years, that one video, and, yeah. then, and then he started doing... Uh, People were doing parodies of that video, yeah, too. and then he started doing, after he did that, then he started doing uh, Book of the Week. So that's what you would sign up for. So you're paying for his mentorship program, and then he would literally... You signed up for it? I never signed up for it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tra- you did? got inside I tra- I got, No, I tracked him quite a bit, and heavily, but he would do like little snippets of it, so he would record. So he, he built a program about two or three years deep, because that's about how long you would keep people on paying him monthly. So if people dropping off by three years or four years, he doesn't need to keep making a year four or year five uh, investment program, right? He knows that people join join in and they last for two to three years, so he only has to make the program four years long or three and a half years long, mm. right? So that many months because he knows they drop off, and then he just markets and then pumps people through the program, and they pay him sixty-seven dollars sixty-seven dollars a month every month they pay to go through this program and watch all those videos of like him talking about which books to read, what the book's about, this and that, like what the steps are, like.
2: And that is the power of social media, right there.
0: Yeah. And that's what he does. People pay him sixty-seven dollars a month. And sixty-seven. Where did that number come from? Why is that a powerful number? Because
1: it's not seventy and it's not sixty-nine, <laughs> but it's not sixty five. Yeah. but it's not fifty. Yeah, it's like a good number. Like yeah. you know those infomercials. Like you know like, like infomercials. They're freaking smart in their marketing. You know, like the four easy payments in nineteen ninety-five. Like they get you with that really. Oh like, man! And then
2: and they're and like, oh. you know what? And we're gonna double your we're order double for
1: free. Your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. If you buy no today, shipping. we're gonna double it today. For free, you it's know? like how much is this thing actually worth? If you can get me two times the amount <laughs> of it for free, yeah, for
0: four not
2: easy of payments yeah, of 1999. Yeah, the guy's
0: still making double the money on it. Oh, holy shit, that's hilarious. That's crazy. Okay, <laughs> what's the next thing? What's the last thing? How do people get a hold of you if people want to buy a house? How do they find you?
2: Oh, uh, well, you can find me on Instagram. My what? personal Instagram is Jacqueline.Bailey. Our team Instagram is exclusive Edmonton. I mean, or you can call me, text me. Do I get my number on here?
0: Well, do you normally give people your number? Random people your number? No. Like, do you post it on your Instagram?
2: not really yeah no, like you don't don't you know, I wouldn't give good. I wouldn't give yeah these sorry schmucks, find know, me on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> slide into my DM <laughs> in, a manner,
0: in a professional in a professional way in a professional way Benny keep it keep it yeah. professional <laughs> Yeah, keep it professional keep it G G
2: yeah, this is slide into DMs
1: if you want to buy a house if you want to buy a house <laughs> <laughs> this is did I this.
2: just say that that was
1: <laughs> hilarious and what's the uh, what is it is it exclusive what
2: uh, our team is exclusive Edmonton exclusive Edmonton yeah
1: awesome
0: hey sweet
2: perfect so yeah
0: you want to close it off? That's you, man. You can close so, it off. All right. Well, thanks Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, it was
0: awesome. All right. Yeah, so if you guys want to get a hold of her, Jack and Bailey. Exclusive Edmonton. Take care, guys. Peace out, guys. Peace out. Peace. Can't fuck
1: this shit. Stevie.
2: Stevie can't swear.